Welcome to a special post-CD edition of The Week. I'm Corey Moss with my co-host for this show, Johnny Moda. How are you doing, Johnny? Hey, Corey. I am alive and well. Thank you for having me on the show. Glad to be here. Yep. Fantastic. Uh, as you heard on this podcast, we'll be focusing on Cedia, some of the developments from the show, and some perspectives uh, from Johnny Moda. Along with that, we have some very special guests with us, two whom we'll be introducing in a few minutes, and then a little uh, three more who made an impact at the show. Um, right now, I'm going to turn it over to Johnny to talk about Cedia and give us some of those perspectives. Uh, go ahead, Johnny. Cedia, if you're not aware of, is a wonderful, magical place where dreams come true, or nightmares, depending on what side of the project you're on. If you're not familiar, Cedia. Custom Electronic Design Installation Association. It happens every year. I'm not always there, but you probably should be there if you're in the residential market. It's a great show, especially if you're a custom installer. This show is for you. Uh, recently, it was just in Texas, a place I've never been to. I have a whole list of places I've never been to. Texas is one of them. Not because of the laws, or maybe it is, but it's not really important. What is important is uh, you could probably head over to cedia.org if you're a custom installer. Find some information for you if you haven't joined them already or you're curious. But if you're a homeowner, you can head over to Cedia. No, I'm sorry. Cedia.org was for the homeowner. Cedia.net is for the installer. Depending on which one you are, go to that corresponding website. And that is for you to learn more information on. But it's a great show. Uh, I try to attend as frequent as possible because I specialize in custom. Custom is my world. Whether that's commercial, resi, or a mix of both because it happens to be both. Um, CD is the custom side of residential or residential custom side or both. It's a, it's a great place. You meet friends, you meet mentors, you connect with manufacturers, things that you're selling, or maybe you, you haven't sold yet, but it's a great place to find and meet new people, connections, information, all of the above. And it's honestly one of my favorite shows ever. Not that the other ones are any better or worse. Just something that I can relate to very well. Um, great people in industry, lots of knowledge to be learned. And it's an expo that happens yearly, but that doesn't stop from you connecting with other people outside the expo. Like I said, if you head over to cedia.net as an integrator, you can learn more. You can join the organization. Um, if you're a manufacturer, you can partner up with them to present and things like that. Now, I myself did not make it to the show in Texas. I'm hoping someone else on the show today can maybe share some information with me because I didn't make it, I'm pretty sure they could give me maybe a quick or a long lengthy overview of, of what was available there. Do you think uh, maybe we can make that happen, Corey? Do you think someone can make us uh, knowledge or learned upon such topic? You know, Johnny, I think we just might be able to, and our first guests, I believe, uh, will be able to reveal some of the things that took place there. So I just wanted to ask you one more thing is you just went to Infocom. It was your first Infocom ever down in Orlando. Um, did you see that as a great experience for you? And, you know, what's the one big difference, of course, versus being consumer versus commercial uh, that you saw with Infocom versus Cedia? Um, a, I don't like Florida. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, nothing against Florida. I'm sure it's beautiful. I just don't do well in the heat, man. I know that it's in... Vegas, which is land of the heathens, depending on what you believe in. But it's also another place I don't do well in. It's dry. Infocom sweet. It was my first Infocom ever. And actually, it was pretty great. Same, same type of respect for the show, right? So you get to meet with people maybe you've connected with on this place called the Internet over the course of the last year. It's a small little thing I helped invent one day a long time ago with my friend Electric Jesus. And uh, if you're on social media great. You've probably met other people in our industry, other manufacturers, other PR people, maybe a little bit of everybody in between. And Infocom is a great place for the, the pro professional side of audio in, um, integration, uh, video, etc. Right? Um, not to say that it's not also custom too, but it's more of a spec thing than I think more of the custom side. Not to say that there isn't custom because there clearly is. Um, it was great. I got to meet a lot of the people that I had never met before in person. 
had a great time. I learned a lot. Unfortunately, I couldn't learn everything because there's just no way to learn everything. But it's a great place to connect and get as much information as possible and bring back to the firms, the company you work with, other employees that maybe couldn't make it and pass along that knowledge to inspire me, inspire you, inspire the team to kind of move forward with the new technologies that were presented or shown or stuff that is coming, you know, as a preview. That's what I think you get a lot of is stuff that we've just announced or here's, you know, what's coming in the next month or so right. or very soon. It, it, it always, whatever show it is, it always inspires me to go back and maybe put that in the future designs to get ready for something like that. Right. Or maybe think outside of the proverbial box, if you will, mm-hmm. collapse the box and then do your own thing. And it's always, it's always inspired me to kind of um, break the mold, if you will, and move and progress. Maybe you see something I never would have thought about, or you, you venture to the, the dark corners of the trade show and you find something so cool that you never would have thought of. And it, help you with something you've been working on for the last year, right. maybe doing it a different way. It's a great show. Um, I would love to go back next year. I'm pretty sure it's in Vegas, so that might be better for me. Hmm. Well, we don't ever have to send you to Orlando again, Johnny. We know that affects you. <laughs> I mean, I'll go, but <laughs> oh, man, as soon as I got off the airplane, it was like I was being smothered in a warm, damp blanket. <laughs> Well, we were with somebody else in Orlando, but as we said, we are going to focus on CD here. So I am now going to turn over uh, and introduce our first guests from Barco, uh, Tim Sinave. He is the Managing Director, Canada, and Allison Maxson, who, yes, she was with us in Orlando, the present PR Specialist, Americas of Barco, and how are you both? Wonderful. Thank you, Corey. Very well. Thank you. You're very welcome. Um, Allison, let's start with you. We had been talking up until today about what took place at Cedia with Barco and some of the major stories that came from the show. Why don't we first start off with how Barco is elevating home visualization technology with your latest range of projectors and display solutions and how Cedia made an impact for uh, Barco? Well, as you may know, this is our second year. Officially, we launched our residential division last year. Uh, I believe, where was CDL last year? Because I don't think it was in Dallas. It was in Denver? In Denver, yeah. It was in Denver. Uh, But we were really excited to see, you know, the first year is the first year. You're kind of feeling things out. You're seeing where the market is. We're taking our commercial technology to a whole new level for residential. We're seeing just getting a footing, but um, the difference between one year makes a huge, huge difference. And I think not only did we see it internally among the team, but the attendees at CDA saw a great, great deal of growth and opportunity. Um, We brought in some of probably one of the biggest demos on the show floor, which was our laser projector coming out of our digital cinema division. And I know Tim can go into a lot more detail than I can. I really don't want to take that element because we're very, very excited on how well that was received. And every single laser demo was completely full. In fact, we went from doing it on the hour, every hour, to having to take that to having, having every demo every 30 minutes because there was just such a high, high interest. Um, So we couldn't be, I think we walked away by the third day when the show floor officially closed for this year, extremely happy and off to a great start. Excellent. Tim, you know what, before we get into developments at Cedia, as Managing Director Canada, tell us a bit about what you do with Barco and and you've been with the company since 2007. And then after that, go ahead and tell us about the Barco Cedia experience and product developments there. Okay. Uh, as you say, Corey, I've been with uh, Barco for uh, seven years now. Actually, eight years. <laughs> goes goes faster than you think. Um, actually, most of that time I spent with our digital cinema division. So that's how I joined. Uh, it's since 2000. And uh, actually, this is the second year that I'm in Canada. Uh, it's something that I was asked to take up as a responsibility. But I had already started looking into the residential space and as kind of a condition of of taking up the Canada job, I made sure that I could take the residential job uh, with me, uh, which I thought I could do on the side, but with what we've done so far, it turned out to be two jobs. 
Um, but so it's really out of my digital cinema experience and, and my interest in movies and home cinemas in general that I kind of put the two together and, and was looking at the residential space for a couple of years as, a, as an opportunity for us. Uh, and then finally, as Alison mentioned, yeah, last year we kind of had our debut at Cedia, and, and since then that's been uh, one of my primary focuses and will be my primary focus going, going forward. Um, and so Cedia, as, as Alison mentioned, Cedia was, was great this year. Um, last year was interesting because we focused on a lot of applications. So the, uh, the feedback ranged from people saying, you know, it's the, one of the best booths I've ever seen to Cedia to other people saying uh, afterwards, I, I didn't know you guys were selling projectors. I thought it might be furniture that you were selling, um, which, was, which was quite interesting. So this year we made sure that it was perhaps a little bit more obvious while not losing the, the focus on, uh, on the applications. So for this show, we had two primary focuses. One was the um, 6P RGB laser, um, laser demonstration, uh, which really was for us to say, okay, let's now take the best of our technology, bring that into the home and, and see what we can do. And uh, as Alison mentioned, we were really blown away by the response. Uh, I'm still following this week everything that's coming out, the comments that are coming out, and, and it's really fantastic. Uh, a lot of people are saying that this is the best thing they ever saw at Cedia or anywhere. Um, and that comes both from, uh, I guess, regular enthusiasts on, on places like AVS Forum to, to some of the professionals and, and some of the thought leaders in the industry that were really very impressed with, uh, with the whole demonstration. So that's been extremely gratifying uh, for us. Um, and the other thing which was um, also interesting, basically if I take it a couple of steps back, it, the interesting thing about working for Bark when then looking at the residential space, it's like being a kid in a candy store. I, I kind of compare it to having a giant Lego box with all the best Lego pieces in the world uh, and then trying to create uh, something with it for the home. So the other thing that we showcased we call the high-end uh, home office slash media room and really came out of, okay, if, um, if money was no object and I could design my ultimate home office, what would it look like? Uh, and that's what we brought to life. At Cedia, uh, we'd actually done kind of a proof of concept with it earlier this year at ISE, uh, which was quite well received. And so we took it to the next level at Cedia. Uh, and it was also, I, I guess it was blown away a bit by the, by the RGB laser in terms of the comments, but still a lot of people said that uh, it, you know, it should have gotten best in show, uh, which maybe if we had submitted it for that award, it might have gotten, but it was basically taking three projectors uh, in a blended uh, rear screen application and then a user interface around it that really allowed you to play with all kinds of content in, uh, in, in a very user-friendly way, so, so quite the user experience. So no, when we take everything together, uh, I think it was, a, it was an absolutely fantastic, fantastic CD for us. Uh, hey, Tim, pardon my ignorance, but maybe you could break it down for me. I understand what laser means. I understand what RGB means. But what does that mean for a projector? What, is that, what does that technology utilize, and what does that mean for the projectors? I thought it would have taken a little bit longer before my, my lack of deep technical knowledge would have been exposed, but uh, there you go. <laughs> uh, so, no, if you look at it, basically, if we look at the, the 6P RGB laser, uh, the primary difference is that this is a direct laser. So if you look at laser phosphor, for example, and a lot of people are talking about laser projectors right now, the, uh, the vast majority of that is, is laser phosphor. It really means that laser phosphor uh, is basically another light source. Um, so if you look at the, at the single chip DLP projector, for example, that runs on laser phosphor, you will still need a color wheel. Uh, if you look at direct RGB, you don't need uh, a color wheel anymore. Uh, and you basically got six primaries, uh, so three primaries per eye, which also means that 3D, for example, is, uh, is uh, inherent and you just need the, um, the glasses, passive glasses in, in our case. Uh, that's probably the depth, of my, the depth of my knowledge in terms of the actual technical difference. Uh, but in terms of the result, if you look at the direct um, direct uh, laser 
RGB than in terms of uh, image quality, performance, uh, color performance, and everything else. It's uh, it's really a different game than the laser phosphor. Okay, well, thank you for explaining that. I mean, I'm just going to put is just better than traditional lamps on my notes here. Um, <laughs> yeah, Johnny, it's it's a shame you weren't able to step in, be there on site, and see the laser demo. Um, I know Gary Kay got to see it, and he was blown away. He even made a comment. I don't know if you saw it when he did the write-up that it was even better than Sony's. Oops. So, uh, uh, um, but, uh, yeah, it was it was a great, great demo. The, the colors were phenomenal. To, they just popped, so. I did see the uh, video, uh, Gary's uh, interview with Tim. It was excellent. Uh, and, you know, obviously Johnny's uh, notes to himself, they're uh, very uh, important uh, to know. So, uh, you know, no, all uh, very good. Hey, uh, one big story that came from the show was about produce, a movie producer, Jerry Bruckheimer, uh, and how he just recently selected Barco Residential Projector for his home theater. Um, there's also a case study based on that called Luxury Cinema at Home comes to life with Barco. Uh, so, Allison, let's start with you. Tell us exactly what um, this means for Barco. I think it just shows the respect and long-term appreciation in the industry when it comes to projectors, for digital projectors. And you see it with Jerry Bruckheimer acknowledging it and installing one of our projectors for his new beautifully designed uh, home theater. Before that, we had Michael Bay, who everyone probably should know about from um, major, major um, movies uh, that he has produced. He also has a Barco uh, projector in his home theater, two very differently designed elements, um, but the ultimate goal is to showcase their movies and other movies and look at new projects in the best pro possible light and they've felt and have felt for a very long time that that has been Barco. So we were very, very excited when we heard about Jerry Bruckheimer. In fact, I was hoping I was supposed to go down there for the, the video and uh, photo shoot and get to have the honor of meeting Jerry Bruckheimer. But unfortunately, we had a couple of other things come up that I had to attend to. But um, I, I think it's just one of the next notches in Barker Residential's belt of showing, showcasing the top quality and projection technology. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, and you mentioned Michael Bay. And one thing that I noticed that Michael said was I've worked with Barco for 15 years. It's my one and only projector, which I'm sure is a very strong endorsement for the company. Yes. Uh, you know, Tim, why don't you give us your take on that with uh, Jerry Bruckheimer, Michael Bay, and what that means to Barco Residential um, on that side? Well, I think the important thing is that when you look at Michael Bay and Jerry Bruckheimer, they're, they're not just celebrities. Uh, you know, it's not just a celebrity endorsement. These are actual industry people, you know, and when you look at home theater uh, projectors and, you know, you'll see a lot of the times in the marketing they talk about, you know, as the director intended it is a, is a phrase that, that is used quite often. So I thought it would be quite interesting to actually have the director as the customer because then that phrase takes on a, a, completely, a completely different meaning. Um, and I think it's, it's just, it, it's just, True credibility, right? I mean, these are people, these are professionals, these are people that know what they are, what they are talking about. So when you get an endorsement like that, it's an endorsement that has real meaning and real value. So I think that's the most important, uh, important aspect of it for us. So I did see a picture of uh, Michael Bay's uh, home theater. It is Fairly illustrious, um, which is, as you would expect. So for those, let's say, listening or who will be communicating with those who might have that type of money to put together those home theaters, um, what do you have to say uh, in terms of Barco projectors and how they fit into that, as well as, you know, just maybe others who want to build home theaters, maybe not with that much money, but, you know, what can they be looking at? Go ahead, Tim. Well, when you, when you look at it, I, I guess at Cedia, we really wanted to show the top level experience and, and, and really go to the top of what is possible with, uh, with technology. 
Um, but I think the important thing is that it's really our intention to bring the best of our technologies to every level. And of course, that doesn't mean that we can really go down to the consumer level. So when you look at Barco Residential, it, it, it's really um, a focus on the custom integration channel. But within that custom integration channel and the custom integration jobs, we really want to bring the best image possible at every uh, range of, of, of the cost. Uh, and I guess it's, it, it's similar almost, if you will, to, to some car brands. You know, if you, if you can't afford the BMW 700 series, for example, you still know that, that a lot of that technology is making it into the 3 Series as well. And so it's really making sure that at every level of the offering, we bring the best that can be uh, with the intention of creating the best experience. And, and it's really the experience that's the focus as well. You know, it's not our intention to, to have uh, big, big lists of specifications and all the rest of it. You know, in the consumer world, it's often about specifications. And you look at, you know, every year there's a new range of projectors and it has this and it has that. Uh, look at HDR, for example, for the moment, all of a sudden. There's all kinds of projectors that are HDR compatible, whatever that means. Uh, I think the most important thing is that we want to create the best experience possible. And in order to do that, we will bring the best technology available uh, at every level of our offering. Okay. So, Allison, um, talking to the integration partners statement, together with our custom integration partners, we create fully integrated solutions that perfectly suit clients, homes, and lifestyles. So, in talking to the integration partners, what do you have to say? <laughs> well, thank you, Corey, for throwing that at me. <laughs> I'll throw it at you. No, I, I mean, I, I think to the integration partners is that we are here. What you probably know of us in the commercial res, resonates into what we're bringing to, or the commercial is resonating into the residential, that same quality. However, we're not just throwing our commercial technology into residential. We are really honing it specifically for the residential to bring the best quality, brightness, um, technology that... Uh, based on your spend level, and some people have more money than the average, um, there's going to be a solid solution. We don't, it's about finding the right fit for all the components in a home theater. No one wants to buy a, a, a Lamborghini, but then put subpar tires on it. It doesn't make sense. The same goes for the home theater. You have to think about it. No one's going to put a phenomenal um, screen and decor, but then have a very tiny subpar projector in it. It just you, you need to be thinking about that as well. Same thing with the audio that goes into a home theater. You want to find that level of quality that fits what you're trying to achieve and budget-wise. So that's how I would address. I, Tim, any, anything that you would, would add to that? Well, I think the important thing for, for custom integrators to know is that what we're trying to do is, is exclusively aimed at that channel because we feel it's the only way that we can create that experience in the home, you know, it's not just about moving a box with a projector in it. Um, I think the other thing that's interesting is as we got deeper into this market that it became clear to us that it was about much more than home theater. Uh, if you look at my, my big box of Lego that I mentioned before, there's a lot of things that we can do once we're in these types of, once we're in these types of homes. And the, um, you know, the ultimate home office application is one example of that. But uh, if you look at all the technologies that we have, it's been really interesting for me to also even step outside my, my digital cinema background at Barco and even just really go shopping around my own company and looking at the different divisions and looking at the different technologies that I find and, and uh, thinking up ways of how we can use that in a residential environment. So uh, that's why we've been looking at, at what we call packaged solutions like the, um, like the ultimate home office where we basically bring a number of technologies together based on applications that an integrator can then bring to their customers. So I think uh, we are also bringing new opportunities to, to custom integrators to do more and create more inside clients' homes uh, than, than what before was possible or before was thought of. Because I think one of the main challenges that the custom integration channel is facing is, or, or at least um, a growth opportunity that is not being taken full advantage of, is that, you know, customers will not 
uh, ask you for the type of solutions that we're talking about. You know, they need, they need to be inspired. Uh, you need to show them what's possible within a home uh, because for a lot of customers um, in, in this space, the budget is not the primary, um, the primary issue. I, I think it's more finding inspiration for what you can do. Uh, of course, the home theater is, is a great application, but there are so many more things that we can do with visualization. In the home. Just to jump back in there, I think Tim makes a very good point. And what I know I witnessed pers witness personally on the show floor was that ultimate home office that was uh, an element we, we originally previewed at ISC this year. And people were kind of, you know, tilting their heads, like going, I, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure if I get this. This is interesting, but I'm not sure. However, this year at Cedia, the more they saw it, the more people were coming back and talking about it. And it goes to that point of going, thinking outside the box, what you can do for the home, not just inside the home theater area. It's taking that same technology and going throughout the house. So um, I think we really started seeing that catch on fire with the ultimate home theater demo that we were doing at our booth. All right. That's, uh, that's terrific. Johnny, you got a little more to add? Yeah, really quick. I just want to go back to what Tim said. The phrase, as the director intended, I think is a good way to describe what I'm thinking, is that when I go to a movie or to a theater or when anyone goes to go out of the home to watch a movie, it's not to just go watch TV or just go watch a film or whatever. You know, you can do that at home. You're going to go and have an experience it's to kind of forget that you're sitting in a theater with other people. You're going to go experience a film, a film, not like a movie, like a film to experience what the way, exactly what Tim said as the director intended. And while I have not seen this RGB laser phosphor projector, and I'm sure it's very, the term they like to use is way amazing. It's two words. And I just haven't seen it yet, but I, I did recently have one of those as the director intended and kind of, um, made me kind of forget that I was in the, in the theater experiences and it was on a Barco system. And what it was, was the Barco escape system. Just thought it was very, very unique where no one's doing. And it kind of made me forget that I'm just kind of hanging out in the theater with other people. It was an experience. It's new to me, at least. I don't know if other people are doing this, but it was, it was an experience. You know, it's, it's a three screen projection system, Barco, of course. And it, kind of made me feel like I was in the movie, if you will. And, and that's what I go out of my home to go watch films, is to experience whatever it is I'm going to go watch, whether that's horror, drama, comedy, dramedies, whatever, action. Um, I want to go experience something. I want to be taken out of my moment and, and go experience whatever this happens to be. And to present that same experience at home, I think is very key. And so that a great endorsement for Barco is that Mr. Bruckheimer, amongst others, using the, these projection systems at home in itself, without them even saying it, is exactly you know as the director intended because they use it so much in our industry. Why wouldn't they want that at home? And I think that's probably a great sales tool for you or me or other integrators out there to to present to homeowners. And say, look, I'm building an experience for you at home, so you don't need to go out and do that. So when you are putting in these high-end systems, beautiful screens and decor, you are getting a full experience as the director intended. Well said. Well said. Yeah, and, and I think uh, if I go back to our demo theater at Cedia, uh, the interesting thing for me was that here you have these have these seasoned industry professionals that have seen a million demos and are used to critiquing demos, if you will. And I guess the, the experience that we were able to provide was so unique, was so immersive, that they basically forgot about all that. They just experienced it and, and they were like little kids again, you know, and you can see some videos uh, on, on YouTube even of people uh, just coming out of that theater and just being blown away. I guess they, they forgot that they were there to see a demo. They just had a great experience. All right. Uh, listen, uh, Allison, Tim, thank you so much for joining us uh, on this special podcast. We really appreciate it. And um, again, thank you very much. Thank you for having us as always, Corey. It's an honor.
Thank you, Corey, and thank you, Johnny. And I hope, Johnny, that you'll yes. have uh, the chance soon to see that RGB laser. And I'm going to find a place to go uh, to see that. I, I, I would yeah. like to experience that myself. Uh, and again, thank you both for your time and knowledge. I appreciate it. Okay. Thank you. All right. So before we turn over to our next guest, uh, Johnny, why don't you give us a few more uh, perspectives on Cedia? Cedia perspectives. Um, what I like to do, obviously, as an installer, I like to go see the stuff that I sell. That's number one, right? The other thing is that sometimes I like to go explore just to see, you know, who the small companies are, right? You know, not everybody can be the largest company at the show. You can't just have the largest booth unless you get the money or you have the clientele to back your products. But what's great is, like I said, just going and seeing different things maybe that you would never really have considered. Because as I mentioned previously, you know, maybe you'll find this kind of one item that'll help you with a project that you've been working on or something that is reoccurring and you're doing it in a sort of way that probably isn't the best or correct way of doing it or the easiest way of doing it. But there are people constantly making solutions. Startups are born every day and not too far from where I live, they're born like literally every two seconds in the south of Market District in San Francisco. So to see the newest and leading emerging technology um, at the shows is great. And, and maybe you make some good context, maybe you don't find the solution, but it, it's just good a great show, just like Infocom or ISC or any other, uh, to, to explore, just kind of to go out of, like Allison says, go out of the box, right? It's, it's taking you out of your comfort zone and expanding your thoughts and ideas. And I guarantee you'll learn something, at least one thing. You're going to meet a lot of cool people there. You're going to meet people who are probably open to help you. And there are also a ton of classes where you can learn and get credit for it. Um, so there, there are so many options to learn there. And I think that's probably the biggest thing is, is continually learning. Yep. Okay. All right. So we are going to now turn to our next guests. Um, so they'll be coming into the podcast and, uh, and here they come as a matter of fact. Uh, so we have with us first, um, another one of our good press and PR friends, uh, Katie McGregor. KMB Communications. How are you doing, Katie? Great. Thanks for having us on. Okay. And right now we have one of your guests on. So uh, why don't we introduce uh, her? Or why absolutely. don't you introduce her? Yeah, absolutely. So welcome to the podcast world. This is Vegeta UG, marketing manager for Stuart Film Screen. She's been with Stuart for roughly 10 years and has done all sorts of things. She's one of the more technical women that I think you'll meet in the industry, and I'm a huge fan, hence uh, why we're bringing her on. But she's awesome, and she's on now for her first podcast ever. All Hi, Vegeta. Right. Hello. Thank you for having me. All right, Vegeta, thank you so much for being on with us. And by the way, having the two of you on now is great because the first thing we are actually going to talk about, uh, Veronica Esbona with InGear PR sent me uh, a press release today, and I said to her what perfect timing it was, and it says, Women in CE annual CEDIA breakfast draws record crowd. So I have to tell you, this is fantastic because um, at Infocom this year, uh, the Women of Infocom Network uh, breakfast also drew a record crowd. So I have to say, um, you know, upon that, coming into CEDIA, and I'm sure Carol Campbell is beaming, uh, as you would figure, um, Carol being the founder of Women in CE, and Carol also uh, came on one of our AV Power Up shows. It was a pleasure having her on the show. Um, this is something fantastic. So, uh, Katie, why don't you start? Vegeta, why don't you talk about it too? About uh, you know what this means to women in CE and and women in you know in the whole uh, AV industry. You know, thanks for bringing that up. It was it was really interesting. It as as we entered the room, Vegeta went with me, and as I think she and I did this last year also for the again for the first time. Um, I've been a member now for a few years, and I've seen the group progressively grow and grow. The first year, it was you know in a in a ballroom, it, it, there were a few tables and a whole lot of empty space. Um, and tables full of women, sort of you know looking at each other and and looking at the other tables, and I, it didn't it wasn't as cohesive i think you know just to be joking it was it was almost like deer in headlights um because it was the first time that women in the industry had sort of come together to 
sort of talk about challenges and successes and how to work in a very male-dominated industry. Fast forward now for me, this is my fourth year of being involved in the group, and literally it was, I think it was two ballrooms back-to-back with the air wall open. It, there was a, a group of tables and women that it was like a, it was a sea, and it was, it was really cool. It made me very proud, um, and it told me that we've progressed, and I know that a lot of other women in the industry saw that as well, and I know we definitely still have our challenges, but the, it just it represents that women in tech is a growing thing. Um, I think in the future we're going to see a lot more of that coming, especially with the emergence and growth of STEM. Um, and I, you know, I think it's, it bodes well for the industry because there's a, there's a balance that sort of comes to the table. Um, the curriculum, I think, was focused maybe a little too heavily on how we work in a male-dominated industry. I think it's, you know, there are certainly challenges that we have and that we create for ourselves. But honestly, you know, it's, for me, it's always been different. Um, so, you know, I think it was, it was great. But more to the point is that it gives women the opportunity to realize that we're not on an island. <laughs> you know? And I think that's, that's pretty cool. Um, you know, and it's, it's just a really supportive environment, a really supportive group. And, I, you know, I can't say enough of it as a member and, and a sponsor of the event. Vegeta, you, you've now been with me twice. What do, you, what do you think? Well, I've been with you twice. And you're right. From last year to this year, there has been a great increase of women that are coming to the group. And the conference is great. I love it as a breakfast. I wake up in the morning. I get to greet everybody, see people I haven't seen before, meet people in the industry. And I do have to make a quick note that, Katie, you are my mentor. I have to say this. <laughs> Absolutely. You're, you're bringing me to these events. You're engaging me in these things. This is my first podcast that you've got me on. So thank you very much for that. And women in technology, is, it's, it's growing it really is. I've gotten to meet some great integrators that are women, an installer that is a woman. Um, there are some people that are owners of companies like Marla Suttenberg. She is also one of the most amazing individuals I've ever met running a full company. I'm, I was going to say, it, when I started in this industry 10 years ago, it was strange. I didn't know anything about technology, audiovisual, had no clue about clue about a projection screen or anything and now I'm very confident that I can speak to integrators, consultants, um, manufacturing partners and put together these home cinema systems now on my own and this is something I've accomplished and and I can speak on a great level which is very impressive for me because I I doubted myself in the beginning that with a group of women like CE, um, the women conference, it's somebody I can talk to. And if I feel uncertain about something or if I have issues or something, there's somebody always I can talk to. I can talk to you. I can talk to any of these members. And that's something that's very great. Oh, well, thanks, Vegeta. It's awesome. Awesome. So, um, you know, you, t- you actually mentioned uh, Marla Suttenberg uh, of Sapphire Marketing. Um, I know Marla very, very well. Uh, and I'm reading here, uh, Impact of Women on the Culture of CE uh, fin- featured industry panelists who shared their career experiences and explored the evolving role of women in the custom installation space. Uh, Other participants were Heather L. Sidorowicz of Southtown Audio Video in New York. I, you know, I know Heather. She's very, very popular among the AV uh, public. Sherry Griffith of Home Theater Design Group. Um, There's Marla, Tabitha O'Connor of Cedia. Uh, Why don't you just talk a little bit about uh, them and their impact here, as well as some of the others. Uh, why don't you start, Katie? Yeah, you know, I mean, Marla, Vegeta's got a very strong relationship with Marla there. Sapphire is a rep for Stuart Film Screen. I've only just met her recently. Um, she's, she's amazing. She's powerful. She's, she's raised a family. She's been through the industry. I mean, she's, she's a mover and a shaker. The woman is, she's amazing. Um, really, you know, I just can't say enough about her. Um, Tabitha, that was my first time having any interaction with her, and I thought what she brought to the table was, was really great. Heather and I, you know, as, as, yeah, you know, she's, she's amazing. We've worked together now for a couple of years. Um, and I think the fact that she's been able to transition from a partner in the integration firm to then purchasing it from her father and carrying forward, um, expanding kind of scope and, and mission for, for what they're doing is amazing. 
Um, and the fact that her sister Jessica was there. Um, in fact, we toured the Stuart film screen booth with, with uh, Heather and Jessica. And it was, it was funny because we found for the first time ever, we were having a conversation that was PR oriented and, you know, doing a media tour through a client booth, but we had an installer there who just also happened to, to be a woman. And so literally, I think it was Vegeta, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's the first time where it's been, you know, three, three chicks talking in the booth about technology and <laughs> just listening to, to you guys interact and the fact that, you know, you've, you're, you're so technical and Heather's firing questions at you from a media perspective and a, from a business owner perspective. And, and you know, you're, you're right there answering them way. And here comes Jessica in from left field with some install, you know, ringers trying to, trying to get you off your, off your game and you're, you, you nailed it. So, you know, and I think that's, it's really cool. And I know, you know, as you and I discussed today, we've got some conversation about the all rise and you were able to bring some additional product scope to the conversation that, you know, that conversation really never would have taken place three, four, five years ago, I think, um, you know, in, in this regard. So, you know, it's, that's, that was one of my favorite CDM moments, um, you know, for many reasons, but just because it's, it's so rare that you get three women able to kind of have that kind of a conversation and for us not to be, you know, looking for counterparts going, oh, I need to bring somebody who doesn't know, a little bit more than an inclusion, you know, and it was just, it was cool. It was, it was definitely a highlight. I was going to say, Jessica nearly got me some of those installation questions. <laughs> <laughs> She was good with that part right there. And Heather asked some amazing questions. Also, she does some projects that are very unique. That photo that she showed me with the unique ceiling structure, and that's why we wanted to go with that all rise. And sometimes, you know, a lot of our dealers, they don't know about our products. They don't know how to call it by name. And she knows our product, name, everything, model. She's just firing things off. And that's amazing. Yeah. It's much easier to work with somebody that knows what they're talking about. <laughs> Exactly. Man, woman, or child. It doesn't matter. As long as they know what they're talking about. Yeah, as long as they know what they're talking about. Uh, that's I'm a good okay. way to sum it up. Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, Vegeta, while we've got you on, and we will get to your other guest, Katie, uh, after we do a little uh, screen talking with Vegeta. So, um, yeah, Katie uh, fired away all kinds of stuff at me uh, this past week. What? Uh, yes, you did. On goings on with Stuart Film Screen. So, um, you know, a few things here that I saw, a uh, couple of you, I, sh I know you showed a hell, whole lot of stuff there. Um, Tele 80, am I saying that right? Tele? Uh, yes, Tele. Okay, that's one. Um, Luminous for home cinema is another, and I know there were more. So, uh, you know, why don't you start talking about these products, uh, tell us about them, the home market, uh, what integrators should be looking for here in terms of selling these particular uh, screens? Okay. Um, the Tele80 is a new woven acoustically transparent screen material that Stuart has brought to market. And it was pretty much brought to market because consultants and integrators were asking for an acoustically transparent material from Stuart. Now, the really nice part about the Tele80 is that we can do a fixed frame screen with it, but we can also do masking with it. And we have a 0.8 gain with it and a black backing, so in order of any light scatter that would happen behind the screen. Also, nice part about it is you can put your speakers anywhere you like behind the screen material. Now, this is something we tell people with microperf material, you have to have a certain number of inches behind them until you stay back. But with the Tele80, you have the flexibility to do this, but still get an amazing image um, with the projection. And then about the Luminous, the Luminous is an edgeless, rigid screen that you're able to laminate any one of Stuart Film Screen's award-winning front projection screen materials to, aside from our Silver 3D and Silver 5D. It's an ultra-thin bezel that is around the frame structure. And one of the applications we were showing at Cedia that is something coming new to the Cedia channel, I've noticed, is ultra-short throw projectors. So we actually displayed it with an ultra-short throw projector, and this thin bezel enables you to create a large image without a shadow in the image. And I was going to say, next product we had in the booth was a masking system. Now, nobody is more serious about two-piece projection other than Stuart Film Screen. Every screen we manufacture meets or exceeds industry standards for performance, build, quality, and reliability. And that's from Don Stewart himself. Now, our ultimate masking screen is the director's choice. 
This is a screen that you can use any content with and mask to any aspect ratio. So you can start with a large 2.40 aspect ratio and then close it down to a 16 by 9 and close it down to a 4.3 image. So if you're saying you're playing something like classic movies, Casablanca, you can close that down and have a beautiful image. Um, if you're playing your Netflix or your Hulu, you can have a, you know, a small 16 by 9 image with that screen. And the fourth screen that we brought to the show was our award-winning Cinecurve. It's in its 10th anniversary at Cedia. It was introduced 2005. I actually missed that Cedia. I hadn't started with Stuart yet. So for me, it was a little moment there with the screen. Uh, the screen had been there 10 years. I had been there 10 years. So <laughs> it was kind of interesting giving the demo on that one, telling people that. And they're like watching it. And they're starting as a giant 2.40 with the blockbuster movie. And then the touch of a button on the control panel, it comes down to 16 by 9, touch a button again, and you can move it down to a 4.3. And the Cinecurve was revolutionary 10 years ago because of anamorphic lenses. That's curvature of the screen prevented the pincushion that would occur on the top. It's still relevant today, actually, with curved screens. We've got more immersion. You've got the light path meeting the person in the center um, with the angle. And then also, it's just an amazing, it's also the screen that they have in movie theaters. I don't know if a lot of people know that, but movie theaters have curved screens usually. And my friends would always tell me, oh, I didn't know the screen was curved. And I was like, well, go up to it, go look at it, and you'll see. I also tell them, notice the difference between a Stewart screen and that screen. You're going to have in a different experience. Stewart actually, you know, features better resolution, better uniformity. Um, you're going to get a better picture because of that screen material that we have. We care about image fidelity. So this is about the detail in the screen, the detail about a home cinema. If you're going to spend that much money to put something in your home, you want it to be the best of the best. And Stuart also has two Academy Awards. So most people can't say, I'm watching an Academy Award-winning movie with an Academy Award-winning screen. But we can't. Is uh, Cinema Curve one of those award-winning screens? Um, the Cinema Curve is. It has won multiple awards. I can't list them all, unfortunately, like EH, um, CE Pro, I believe. There's quite a few of them, actually, that's won. I have a whole wall back here I could check for you, but <laughs> that might take some time. We'll get the wall on video, and we'll post that on uh, <laughs> Twitter or something. Put uh, it on Instagram. <laughs> we'll put it on the Academy Awards, so you got to see Facebook, it. Instagram, whatever. <laughs> hey, Katie, I'm sorry. Katie's no, one awesome at all that. <laughs> no, okay. if you're gonna film, I was just saying, if you're going to take a look at the wall, you got to take a look at the Academy Awards because, mm -hmm. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, Katie does all the announcing of all the awards and everything great with uh, Stuart Film Screen, I'm sure, of Ajita, so. She does. Uh, yeah. Um, but, uh, no, that's all great. And, and by the way, uh, a little-known fact about me, or, well, some people do know, I was in AV integration for quite some time in sales, and I did sell Stuart Film Screen along with other uh, others. I actually more is more in the commercial than the consumer market. Uh, Johnny, I know, does uh, CE. But, you know, I have to say, always considered Stuart top of the line, um, in all respects. So, uh, you know, this you. is all, uh, this is all very, very good stuff. Absolutely. Uh, any more uh, to add, Vegeta? Well, I did overhear a little bit of your conversation earlier, and I was going to say, we do have directors that have the Stuart screens in there. And I heard you said Michael Bay, mm -hmm. and his screen is actually a Stuart, and Jerry Brockhammer's is also a Stuart film screen. So, oh, what do you know, huh? We need to get those guys on the show, Corey. <laughs> I, yeah, I think we do. Katie, can you help us get uh, them on the show? Oh, man. I, you know, I have a feeling that Vegeta and Allison are going to be your, uh, your, your ones on that. But, all you know, right. <laughs> well, Vegeta, we'll get you in touch with Allison, and you guys can uh, all get us uh, the big producers on the show who have Barco Projectors and Stewart Film Screen. I would yeah. love that kind of show. It would yeah. be an amazing one. Well, you'll be on it, too. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, so, uh, Katie, why don't we uh, try to get your other guest in here on the show? Okay. Uh, yep. Okay. And in the meantime, we're, we're going to need to uh, fill space with a little bit more banter with Vegeta. 
I think we actually have him here. Here we are. There he is. Excellent. Can't type that fast. <laughs> All right. And why don't you go ahead and introduce the second guest you have brought? Yeah. So tonight we've got Steve Muccini. He's the director of marketing for Ihiji. He's joined the company back in the spring of this year, uh, just as Ihiji really sort of hit the mark. Um, as you all may have heard, there was um, some investment conversation early on, some growth, a new website, new office, new offering, new appliance, new international. Steve, take it away. I'm running out of breath. Very good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of things happening at Ihiji. Um, I like to say, you know, we are a startup because of the uh, the, the growth rate of the company, uh, the kind of age of the people here, the cool stuff we're doing, the location here in, in downtown Austin, Texas. Um, but really, the company has been around since 2009. Uh, Stuart and Mike, you guys uh, may have uh, known them in the industry. Um, they had a successful AV business in Florida. Uh, this was, I want to say, 06 or 07. And uh, they were running into issues where they were constantly running out and uh, supporting a lot of their sites uh, for devices that were failing or networks that were going down. Uh, and it was right around the time when a lot of these devices were starting to be IP enabled, which, you know, which gives them access to the network and to the internet. Um, in many cases, it was for the sake of you know, streaming content and, and reaching uh, the internet or surfing or for movies, but also it's for the purpose of um, essentially sending out status of it of its own state uh, at any given point. So uh, Mike and Stuart having a background in software engineering quickly realized that they could save a lot of truck rolls if now they could uh, remotely view all these devices they were putting in these uh, in these high-end uh, theaters and, and home automation uh, projects. Uh, and, and that's essentially what they did. And the, so the first version of the tool called IHG Vision was created specifically for internal use within an AV company. Uh, and they found very quickly they were able to reduce 50% of their truck rolls simply by uh, knowing what the problem was, or first of all, knowing that there was a problem, uh, being alerted uh, whenever a certain device alerts came up or status levels were hit, uh, and then secondly, being able to diagnose the trouble, uh, and then finally, in many cases, being able to you know, reboot or power cycle and essentially resolve the issue. Uh, if worst case scenario, they had to still send somebody out, at least they had a lot of information about uh, you know, what was going on so they could send the right person, they could know how long it was going to take, send the right parts, tools, all that good stuff. Um, so so that, that's what really kind of impressed me initially in kind of coming to this company is that it really was a tool that was for practical use and did actually work inside their business before they uh, spun it out in 2009 to create Ihiji Envision. Um, and that's you know, essentially the, the tool that's been CE Pro's brand leader for a few years uh, that provides remote technology management for uh, AV integrators. Um, essentially, and I guess I'll do a quick summary there, uh, you know, remote technology management, uh, the product IHG Envision, uh, is a couple of things. It, it, it involves a small appliance that be that has to be attached to the router on the net, on the uh, client's network side, uh, as well as uh, the software portal. And uh, between those two, you know, the software portal and the appliance attached to the site, uh, integrators just basically have an entire. Uh, map of each of their clients networks and each of the devices that they are choosing to monitor uh, and so uh, you know again the AV integrators use this in a few different ways number one as Stuart and Mike did in their business they use it to uh, cut support costs so again if you're either, either you're reducing truck rolls completely which can be a hundred or a few hundred dollars a piece or you're at least making sure that the truck goals that you're making are, uh, you know, efficient and effective, um, you know, so you're not wasting money. Uh, that's one way they use it. The second way they use, use uh, our tool is to create RMR, Recurring Monthly Revenue Service. Uh, essentially saying, okay, instead of paying for a truck roll, you know, uh, telling the customer that's out of warranty, instead of paying for a truck roll uh, for me to come out and solve this, this problem, let's sign up for a kind of a, a service plan. Um, and, and they can call it whatever they want to, technology uptime service plan, uh, network managed services, uh, client care plan, you know, the whole thing. Uh, and essentially do that instead of, uh, you know, needing to, to ever see their technicians on site and still have a complete, uh, you know, uptime or as high levels uptime as, as possible. And, and you know, Steve, uh, and Ihiji and I see it, uh, actual pronunciation here, I-H-E-G, uh, <laughs> which, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's my first action. 
<laughs> the first thing I, I was saddled with was a name that was impossible to pronounce. Uh, you know, I was actually, when I was interviewing it with them, was, was in my mind just kind of, wasn't even trying to pronounce, I was just like, ah, ha, ha, like that's the <laughs> Uh, it actually it presents itself kind of an interesting uh, set of topics for videos and for other things. Uh, so one of the first things I want to do is make sure people knew, you know, what, what the name is. Uh, and secondly, to know that, you know, we are, we're not an Asian company. There's nothing wrong with being an Asian company, but we want to know. We are here in the United States in Austin, mm -hmm. Texas, the technology hub, you know, of the, uh, one of the technology hubs. Sorry, San Francisco, but one of the technology hubs of, uh, of the country. Uh, and make sure that people understood that, and and that was you know part of the challenge. But it, we're having fun with it because we ask people what they think it, it's pronounced as, uh, and you get all kinds of things. I have a video I produced uh, at ProSource to kind of at that trade show ProSource in Orlando to to just play with the name. But yeah, it's it's been fun. You know, Johnny certainly appreciates you mentioning San Francisco. No, I was just going to ask, where, uh, did you say Texas? Is that where you are? Uh, no? Austin, Austin, no, Austin and I lived Austin, in Austin. Texas. I uh, very much Austin. I was going to say, I, I know that there's a, actually a, a big startup scene there, right? Yeah, it's huge. Um, you know, South by Southwest is here. It's been here for a number of years. And the South by South, Southwest Interactive Festival, which is heavy on the technology side, seems to draw a lot of people in that just stay. Uh, there's a bunch of technology incubators here in Austin. Uh, Capital Factory is, is a great place to go uh, for, you know, incubation. And also we, uh, we do a lot of recruiting out of there. So it's, oh, it's, a great, it's a great scene here in Austin. Yeah, my friend and also the former CEO of Cedia, Utz Baldwin, is in Austin, Texas, and he has a startup there. I believe they're called Plum now. Um, possibly a little little bit of involvement with Google Startup Ventures. I, right. I'm not sure, but uh, we're good. Then I know that Johnny there's a name dropping. Thing. Yes, thank you. I, I, sometimes I do that. Yeah, love <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to meet him. <laughs> yeah, no, that's uh, that's great stuff. Um, I, I was uh, told about uh, Ihiji uh, almost sweeping the awards. Almost sweeping. I, I don't know how many are there, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Katie would know better than I do. Katie, how many awards yeah. are there? Umpteen? Uh, umpteen, no. Um, directly related to the event, I think four. Mm -hmm. yeah. I like almost sweep. That's fine. That's almost sweep. And Steve, so how many so, did you win? Uh, well, we, we took away three of those. Um, so we got the CD of CD of Best Product, the Electronic Lifestyles Award. Uh, we got the CE Pro, uh, what is it, Best New Product at Cedia. And then we got the uh, Technology Integrator Excite Award. Um, so we're very excited with, with all those three. And, and the, the, the cool thing about it is, is that uh, these, all these three products were for completely new product. Um, and I just talked a few minutes ago to the remote technology management um, in, with IHG and Vision. This is a new but completely complementary product to that. Um, it does not require the use of IHG and Vision, um, but essentially will help service uh, technology integrators to become service uh, delivery providers and start their own RMR program. So I'll, I'll kind of briefly talk to that. Um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, integrators use IHG and Vision Remote tools. Um, one of the reasons they use it for is for um, RMR revenue. So again, they set up a service, they sell it to their clients, they pay on a monthly basis, they service their clients, keep them happy. Um, the problem is, is that a lot of the dealers that we talk to aren't doing that. So they may be using Ihichi and Vision, but they're absorbing the cost themselves. When in fact, they have in their hands a very valuable service that they could make some really good recurring revenue and, and highly profitable recurring revenue with, but they're not. And we asked them, we said, why aren't you, you doing this? A lot of other, you can sell this service, it's a great service. And they came up with a million different reasons, all valid, you know, I'm very busy, I can't change my business. Um, but the important things that they said were things like, I, ha I don't have the systems to, to store contacts and to store service plan information and to see the different tiers and to know if someone's covered and to track support tickets and it went on and on and on. And, uh, and we quickly, and oh, and, and another thing is, I don't know how to bill. So the system uh, that I use, maybe Quicken, maybe something else, you know, I often have to print something out. I've got a time and materials-based system for the projects I do, and I don't know how to handle services. So that became a very big issue, uh, dealer after dealer were, were telling us this. And so we uh, basically, you know, build something for this. So uh, the, the product is called Ihiji Service Manager. And it is designed to essentially be the business operations side of a services business. So if someone is looking to set up a recurring services business and they're an integrator or any, really any, any services business, but just targeting uh, integrators, um, they have the billing capacity, they can hold contact information. 
information. They can set up multiple tiers of service plans. Uh, there's going to be a, a support ticketing system inside so they can track status. And also there'll be integration with IHG Envision, the remote tool. So in one screen, they can essentially see a client, all the client sites, all the client's devices, the client's billing status, uh, history of uh, specific devices and, and trouble tickets, and, and on and on. So uh, essentially, the two together, IHG Envision and IHG Service Manager, essentially, we're, we're kind of billing as a service operations center, SOC. I mean, it's, it's, if you're running a service business or you want to make your service business more efficient and effective, these two, two products, uh, software as a service tools, uh, is really what you need. I think that what IHEGI brings to the table f for an integration business is probably one of the most important tools to have. I think first, any automation system, commercial, residential, needs to live on a strong, robust network. Because without that network, you know, things fail, and it doesn't matter how good your system is, because it lives on a network that doesn't work, doesn't work. The second portion is is remote monitoring and servicing, and not all your installs are going to be easy just to roll a truck out and just walk down the street. It takes time and money and just to go figure out what's going on. So the ability to remotely monitor and save the time, like you said, to roll that truck out there and troubleshoot, spend all that man hour and time, or women hours, depending on who our service techs are, because as we're all aware of, there are lots of women in our industry, we should probably acknowledge them more. Um, is awesome to be able to determine okay yeah you know there's a port down or this is not working and before i even get there i could tell the customer that and i could say oh it's this and for x amount i come out there and fix it or you know or it's in your service contract but sure. to not lose that time is, is valuable time is valuable it's money it's part of your business and people who aren't doing it is probably just like you said absorbing that cost and yep. it's expensive it's very expensive. That's exactly right. And one, one thing to point out too, there's, a, there's a, a testimonial video on our site from One Vision. And one thing they're able to do is, is, is deliver a 30-minute SLA on troubles on site. And only because they're using Ahiji, you know, Envision to, to remotely do that. They could, never, they could never, you know, they're out of Boston. They could never go from Boston to Cape Cod and, and solve a problem in 30 minutes. But they can provide that high level of service, uh, you know, because of these tools. So that's a good point. All you right. know, one of the other things I just wanted to jump in and, and mention too is, you know, there's, I noticed there was some conversation out in the sphere today about um, other offerings that were shown at, at CEDIA and how cool they were. And, you know, from an integration community suggesting these, are, these things are worth looking at. And one of the real killer apps I think that IHEGI has that brings to the table is the central, centralized dashboard portal. You know, instead of having to log into each system, each disparate system to figure out, okay, you know, is the restaurant online? Log in, log out. Okay. Is this control system online or off? You know, no, 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 no. Ahiji makes it possible for you, and Johnny, speak to this, and this is, I think, what you were talking about. In one single vision, allows you to see all of the components, regardless of the manufacturer, that are on the network, and to provide that level of insight and capability rather than having to go in and out with different passwords and in and out of different disparate systems. And, you know, yeah, that takes a lot of time. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, for me, that's something that nobody else is offering. And it's kind of one of the often forgotten components that I think really elevates and amplifies the reason why IHEGI exists and why it, you know, has existed for so long. And, you know, Steve, chime in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's exactly right. Um, we, uh, I mean, the... <laughs> The buzz of this at, at CDO is definitely the uh, you know software and, and the solutions that the kinds of solutions that we provide and, and we really it's honestly it's amazing I, I we didn't really talk too much about CD it's, itself so I did want to throw something out there as well but we just we had an amazing show uh, you know we had a, a big huge space and just people were coming out of the woodwork to uh, to talk to us so obviously there was there was a lot of built up interest in uh, uh, you know in understanding what this is and most of the people that we talk to in general say. Yes, I know I have to do this. Yes, I know I'm going to do this. I just can't do it or let's start it soon or, you know, whatever. Uh, in fact, we, we get a lot of people that say, uh, you know, my partner told me to come over and talk to you guys. What do you do? <laughs> you know, uh, so, you know, those types of things are, are, are great. So, so it was a, a big buzz, buzz at, at the show that I wanted to, to kind of bring up. Um, the, 
the, the thing about what Katie was saying about the, the central focus, I will address that to the as as it relates to some of the individual manufacturers who also have remote access tools just specifically for their lines uh, and potentially you know for and, and some integrators who have, for instance, PCs that they leave on site within a, a client client's house. You really don't have that access that you have with IHG Envision to see the entire dashboard of all your clients and all your devices. You end up kind of you know tunneling into each of them, each of your clients separately one at a time without a good insight overall as to you know how, how your entire client base is doing at a given point. Um, you also don't get to don't have the benefit when you kind of go one off like that to see trends across everything. So um, one of the things that's going to be useful between um, Ahiji in uh, Envision and Ahiji Service Manager is going to be the, the ability to identify all that history I mentioned. Whether it be um, we rebooted this device, we swapped this device out, we changed the firmware on this device, this person called and said the problem went down, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You can see this long history that says, okay, we continue to have an issue with that particular device or this line of devices or, or, or you know, whatever it might be. Maybe we need to go ahead and replace it completely, you know, whatever it might be, but they can, they can detect trends, uh, which again, if you're kind of going in one by one on each of your clients or by manufacturer logins only, you may not be able to do across the entire uh, the entire site, uh, so that's that's a good point to bring out. Okay, all right. You know what? This has all been terrific. Uh, we're going to wrap it up now. Uh, I'd like to thank Katie, Steve, and Vegeta for joining us in the second segment. Uh, thank you all very much. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Okay, and uh, of course, uh, Tim Sinave and Allison Max and Abarco as well, uh, who participated in the first segment. On behalf of my co-host, Johnny Moda, one last thought, Johnny? Uh, be excellent to each other. There you go. Uh, <laughs> thank you all very much for listening to this special edition of The Week.